Hi, welcome back to I Swear I Never, the podcast where we talk to ordinary people who find themselves in extraordinary situations, situations they swear they never could have predicted. This week, we are bringing you the story of Trudy, and she's a woman who found a way to bring hope back into her story and has completely transformed her life in a very unexpected way. Uh, of course, Nina and I are going to be back with the Just Chats mini-sode later in this week where we talk about some of the bits and pieces and going-ons from around the world. But right now, I'm going to be bringing you today's incredible story. And just before I do, I wanted to give you a little note at the top that this story deals with infant loss and it might not be right for all listeners. So if you're affected by the themes in this episode or if you need help regardless, please contact SANDS, that's S-A-N-D-S, on 1300 308 307, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, or you can visit their website at www.sands.org.au. This is a story about a woman called Trudy Vaines who has had to overcome more challenges than anyone deserves. It's a story about heartbreaking loss. It was the most gut-wrenching moment of my life. It's also a story about strength. I'm now the person that I needed back when I was 21. But mostly it's a story about trust about finding your way back from helplessness and learning to trust the most important person of all, yourself. Trudy's story has a lot of points at which we could dip in and out, but to understand what's at the heart of it, let's go back a couple of decades to when she was 21 and pregnant with her second child. Throughout the entire pregnancy, I actually was bleeding a lot and um, I knew even at that young age of 21 that that is odd, so I took myself off to the doctor and he just said, look, just keep an eye on it. Um, I'm sure the baby's fine. And at 25 weeks gestation, I went into labour. Trudy knew it was way too soon for her baby to arrive. She was no longer in a relationship with her baby's father, so she made the decision on her own. So I knew that I was in labour and I took myself down to the hospital with a family member and the midwives pretty much just said, you're in labour, we'll see if we can stop it. But not only could medical staff not stop Trudy's labour, they were faced with a catastrophic situation. Part of the placenta had broken away and and it you know, pretty much landed itself in the cervix and that started labour. But when you have a placenta, it can't be the first thing born. And when it, when it is birthed, it has to be in one piece. So mine, I never got to see mine because mine just completely exploded inside me. I hemorrhaged and there was no way in the world that they could save my son. He was born too early Uh, and I also died. Tragically, Trudy's son was born sleeping at just 25 weeks and right there on the table, Trudy died too. I just kind of zoned out. I thought that because, you know, my son was born and I just, I went into grief as you, as anybody would. And I just feel like I passed out, but I don't remember anything after that. But they actually used the, they used the, um, uh, defib. I was dead. Brought me back. I had, I think, three, yeah, it was three days worth of um, blood transfusions. I can't remember how many units that was. Doctors were able to bring Trudy back, but they couldn't save her baby. And he was all that filled Trudy's heart and mind when she regained consciousness. Before I passed out and died, I remember losing him. So when I, when I came back too, all I did was scream. 
It was the most gut-wrenching moment of my life. And I will never forget that day. I felt like I, I should have died with him. Like, like they should have just left me alone because that's how we were both supposed to go. Still recovering from the physical trauma, Trudy had yet another impossible task in front of her. Picking a coffin for a baby, I do not wish anybody would ever have to go through that, but I know that people go through it every day. And the problem back in those days was they didn't have pink or blue. It was whatever they had, and then they would paint it for you. Um, So planning a funeral was just gut-wrenching, and I didn't want to do it, but I had to. And then we had to have the the cremation. Um, So turning up to that... I, I remember people being there, but I don't remember anything they said. It was like I was in my bubble of numbness. That bubble of numbness was something Trudy said stayed with her for a long time, even though over the years, beautiful things did come into her life as well. First, she met her husband, Craig. So for the whole time I've known my husband, he's seen me grieve. And soon afterwards, Trudy discovered she was pregnant again. And along with her panic about whether or not tragedy would strike twice, the pregnancy was a difficult one. So I had hyperparamesis, which meant I vomited and vomited and vomited day in, day out, but I could deal with that. And when the time came to deliver her baby via scheduled C-section in the same hospital where she'd lost her baby boy, Trudy says she knew she just had to surrender. I had to trust the hospital. I had to trust myself. I had to trust my body. And I also had to trust my baby and everything was fine. Trudy welcomed a beautiful baby girl, Emily, and took the first healing step towards a relationship with her body that didn't centre around the belief that it would eventually let her down. But sadly, there would be several more roadblocks thrown hers and her body's way. Shockingly, Trudy has been involved in six car accidents throughout the course of her life, all due to driver distraction, and none of which were caused by Trudy herself. When I was 13, I got hit by a car, and I have no memory of my life before that day. I've been hit from behind twice, side, 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 twice, and I've been a passenger in a car on the highway where we've, the driver fell asleep and hit a tree at 100 k's. As a result of this, Trudy has had to undergo a series of operations on both her back and her foot. So it's now fused, all four, five, S1, so I've got two plates and six screws in my lower back. The cumulative effect of the trauma in her body and her brain had left Trudy in a lot of pain with greatly reduced movement. All I could rely on was painkillers to walk from the lounge room to the toilet. So we just, the wheelchair was it. And then after they operated on my foot, there was no way in the world I could walk. I had to, I just had to wait. And then I went to crutches and then to a walking stick. It was then that Trudy realised she needed to find a spark of hope to hold on to. So in between uh, one of those car accidents and now, I had to find something that was going to bring me out of depression, grief for my body, grief for everything that had happened in my life. Just something that I could find that could uplift me and make me want to get out of bed every day. So I found yoga. My husband brought home a chair yoga DVD because I was in a wheelchair at that, at that time. And it was something that I could do. And it wasn't hard. No one demanded anything from me. It was just something that I could do. So when I could walk, I took myself off to a class. And I tell you what, that day changed my life. 
To this day, Trudy doesn't know exactly what happened, but she does know. When I walked into that yoga room, something was different. I don't know what it was, but it made me feel good. And I thought, if it makes me feel good, it must be good. And I did it for me. I did it for my mental health. I did it for my physical body. I did it for my family. While she could only do a fraction of the moves that first day, Trudy kept on going back to yoga. Gradually, over time, her body got stronger and she learnt the ways in which she could adapt the moves and her body in a way that worked for her. There was something about that yoga practice that shifted something in me internally, energetically, whatever you want to call it, but it worked. I then went on to learn yoga and I taught for 10 years. I just retired. It wasn't so much about the yoga itself, Trudy says, but about finding a practice outside of herself that let her engage with her body in a positive way. But I knew that I wanted to learn it for me. I never did it to teach anyone. I knew that it could help me, and it did. It helped me understand my feelings, to it to a certain extent, and it made me understand my body and being kind because I hadn't been kind to my body for a long time. I thought my body had failed me and failed my child. So that, that was my shifting moment. I stopped drinking. And I became the person that I, I'm now the person that I needed back when I was 21. The, the, the person that you could talk to, the person you could tell all your troubles to, and the person that could hug you because they understand. And when she says that she's become the woman that she needed back when she was 21, she's not just being hypothetical. Trudy also trained to become a birth doula, and while she's helped many couples bring healthy babies into the world, at the births where couples suffer a loss or a problem, she leaves a little bit extra of herself behind. And not every pregnancy and birth has like a happy ending. Trudy says a lot of the time couples know in advance if there's going to be a problem with the birth or with their baby's health. And people began to know Trudy as the right person to call on. And... Throughout the grapevine, people would find me and I'd say, right, there's no fee. I am coming to help you. I don't wish for anyone to lose a child, but it has to be someone with the understanding to be able to help someone. Other times, with more straightforward births that had happier outcomes, Trudy's past would still rush up to meet her. Sometimes she'd help out in that same room where she and her son both died all those years ago. And do you know, the first time I went into that room, when my son passed away, and I've been in there many times, I just thought to myself, Trudy, this is not about you. This is about this couple and their baby. So I'd take a deep breath before I walked in the door, and I'd say hello to my son in spirit because I knew he'd be there somewhere, and I'd say, let's do this. And i go in and help them have their baby. While Trudy credits this deep transformation in her life to finding yoga and healing her own relationship with her body and soul, She says that really, it doesn't have to be yoga at all. And she has this advice for anyone who might be struggling with their own trauma in one way or another. So the first thing that I would say is be gentle with yourself because what you're feeling is real and what you're thinking is real. Allow yourself the time just to to be in that state and in that emotion. Talk to your friends, talk to your family. And when you're ready... Your body, your mind will tell you when you're ready to go and find something external away from home. So go and find that. So you might have to sit and Google and, you know, 
If you went to, like if you wanted to crochet, you just look up local craft groups or something like that and then the right one will come up for you. Because anything that you do that is continuous, it's a, it's a, a meditative state. So yoga is a meditative state, crocheting is a meditative state. Anything that keeps your mind busy and you have something to feel or see or touch at the end of it, it's an amazing feeling to know that you had two or three hours just for you and there's something for you at the end of it. That's a healing step and that's what I did. Thanks again for listening to I Swear I Never. If you have a story, we would love to hear about it. Email us at isin at news.com.au. You can also find us on Instagram at ISIN Podcast and give us a follow and say hi if you want to. Slide into the DMs. We'll say hi back probably. We've got nothing else going on. We'll be back later in the week for a bit of a chat and we'll be back next week with another great story for you all. And I hope your life is filled with only good things. Until then. I'm Sarah Lamarquin, Editor-in-Chief of Stella and host of our podcast called Something to Talk About. Every weekend we publish a new episode where you'll hear compelling personalities, strong opinions and thought-provoking conversations. I wanted to be able to do it in my time when I was ready and speak my truth when I was ready. The topic of when do I become a mum, that is in my mind 24-7. Search for Something to Talk About wherever you listen to your podcasts.